What is up, listeners? We're back following week six of the NFL, week seven of the college football series. We are in the midst of the MLB championship series. Hockey is in full swing. Basketball is about a week away. This is prime sports watching time, if you ask me. There's so much going on. And we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Roland, why don't you start us off because you're watching baseball right now. What's going on? Um, well, you know, uh, currently, obviously, this is delayed, but the Nats are playing the St. Louis Cardinals in game four. Uh, right now, they're up seven to four on the Cardinals. And I believe it's now the uh, either bottom of the. Yeah, I think it's bottom of the sixth now. Um, and they started off the game with seven runs in the first inning, so it looked like it was going to be a, uh, a pretty rough game for St. Louis, but um, they've gotten it back within three runs, so uh, we'll see what happens. But um, it's also interesting because the Nats are leading the series 3 nothing. They're looking to sweep tonight um, and punch their ticket to their first ever World Series championship, um, which is crazy as a fan. Um, it's been a while since we, you know, we, we talk about, we meet on like the weekly and talk about sports and everything. So um, <laughs> it's been oh, like a lot's happened. Um the Nats beat the Dodgers in like a total stunner uh, of a game five. Um, we're down three nothing, tied it up in like the, the seventh or eighth, and then took it into extra innings and won it in the tenth. Um, and I mean for for the Giant or for, for the Dodgers, sorry, as a you know. Heavy, heavy World Series favorite uh, to be knocked out in five games by the Washington Nationals, who were 19 and 31 um, starting the season. You know, people were skeptical as to whether or not they'd even make the postseason. They almost got outed in the wild card game. I mean, it's been it's been a crazy ride if you're a Nats fan um, or any baseball fan. Um, it's been you know, some pretty interesting series. Series. <laughs> um, let's see. Houston and New York defeated their opponents in the in the ALDS series, um, and are playing each other right now. Houston just took a two-one series lead against the Yankees today, um, and Game Four will be tomorrow. Um. Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, that that's everything to catch you up on uh, what's been going on. Um, so you've talked to, you've, you've watched a lot, or not a lot, but you've watched some of the AL games. I don't know, what are your thoughts so far on on how each each series has been going? Um, I mean, you, you've summed it up pretty well, so... I mean, I think the the biggest storylines are Houston's pitching. I mean, Garrett Cole has been an absolute monster. 
Um, it sucked to watch him being an ex-pirate. Um, <laughs> but if you think about the Tampa, Rays, Tampa Bay Rays versus the Houston Astros, game five pitchers, two ex-pirates starters. Tyler Glass now and Garrett Cole. So that was a huge deal around Pittsburgh. Just, you know, what are the Pirates doing getting rid of two good pitchers? Um, but, yeah, Houston's pitching has been dominant. Um, and then the Nats. I mean, no one saw this coming. Um, I mean, they're just coasting through the Dodgers and St. Louis right now. Um, so, I mean, if, if you just think about this, so if Houston moves on and the Nationals move on, that's going to make for a very interesting series because Houston's moving on through pitching and the Nationals are moving on on hitting. Like, they're just destroying the Cardinals pitching right now. So it, if that's the matchup, Houston Nationals, that's going to be a good matchup. So, yeah, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hoping St. Louis makes it a series. I know we're going, you're probably not, but I hope they win a couple games. But um, I hope Houston just knocks out the Yankees, though. So. <laughs> I'm with you on Houston knocking out the Yankees. Um, I'm a little conflicted because, like, I mean, they're right here. They're one game away. From, from punching their ticket to the World Series, you know, for a Nats team. I mean, they've only been around since 05, but um, they have had nothing but sorrow in the post in their postseasons. Um, this is the furthest they've ever made it. Um, total meltdowns in the NLDS back in 2016, back in 2012. Um I mean, the Dodgers was the first series that they had ever won in the postseason. So, um, so you know, part of me wants them to just like end it and you know have have some days off, you know, get ready uh, for that World Series matchup. Um, but at the same time, the AL is a game behind the NL. Um, if the Houston New York series goes to seven, I mean, the Nats could be, I mean, if they ended tonight, they could be sitting around for like a week. Yeah. Like almost just waiting for their opponent. Which I think is probably a bad thing. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm more of a, like more of a postseason recent fan of baseball than I am of hockey, and I know that in hockey it's a bad thing to have to sit around and wait on your opponent. But I mean, you know, and everybody just you know argues whether or not the rest is good or whatever. But you really lose, you know, some of the momentum that they. I mean, the Nats are the hottest team. We're the hottest team in baseball going into the playoffs. They are. You know, so not including tonight, you know, whether or not they win or lose, they are on a five-game win streak, um, and they've won seven of their nine games in the postseason. I mean, absolutely on fire. They haven't lost since game three against the Dodgers. Yeah. So. Well, well let, me, let me say this, though. I think as a Nationals fan... I think you better be hoping St. Louis wins a couple games just to extend the series because of, I don't think now you don't want the rest. Um, yeah, you're thinking, oh, pitching will have, you know, their arms will, you know, rest up and so forth. 
But um, no, I think I think the Nationals don't want that as a hitter. You want to just keep playing. You just want to keep getting to that rhythm of things. Like they're hitting so well right now. Uh, you just want to keep playing. You don't want that rest because that's just gonna play mental games on you. And their hitting could be non-existent in the next round. So yeah, I mean, it's I, just like St. Louis right now. Yeah, exactly. So I, you, I think as a Nats fan, you want the series to go, or Houston to end it quickly, or the Nats game to go at least six games. So yeah. You you don't want to rest, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That I'm. You know, right now they're up three runs. Uh, I think it's top of the sixth going in right now. So at this rate, you know, I'm hoping that that Houston or or yeah, I'm hoping Houston. <laughs> um, I don't want to play the Yankees, and that's the other thing is. Both these American League teams are so good. Also, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the Nats pitching as well. They have been absolutely locked down on this Cardinals. Um, and, I mean, the bullpen hasn't been disappointing on, like, the regular season. Uh, and so, I mean, same with same with the Dodgers series. I mean, they... They let in certainly more hits, but the Dodgers are a more talented team than the Cardinals. Um, so it's it's been really uh, relieving to see uh, because a, a lot of their woes were were with the bullpen and and everything. So, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, these two American League teams are so good. It's like, oh, I don't want to face either of them. But at the same time, I mean, you know, would it have been, would I be prouder of a World Series against Tampa Bay <laughs> or something? Like, heck no. I'd, I'd love for them to just smack the Yankees or smack the, the Astros or whatever. And yeah. But it's a it's a L.A. Dodgers-size obstacle standing between them. I mean, you know, they have to win this series first. But standing between them and that, that elusive World Series title. So, um, exciting baseball to come. Um, yeah. All right. So, thank you guys for that update because I don't really follow baseball. If I'm, like, free on a World Series night, I might watch the game, but... This doesn't really do anything for me watching it on TV. Although I did watch um, the last World Series I watched was the Cubs Indians one, and that was a good one. So, all right, we, we, you uh, we will keep you keep you guys up to date on that game. Uh, Roland's watching it. I'm tracking it. So if anything big happens, we'll uh, throw that in. But let's move on to college football. Um, oh wait, hold on, my computer just exploded all right we're back my computer just had a little technical issue but we're back we're gonna jump right into college football this past weekend we had some really good games there was penn state iowa but i don't think i would like to hear some arguments about a better game this weekend than lsu florida 
Um, there were there was a big upset. South Carolina beat Georgia, which Roland definitely has some thoughts on, and maybe some playoff implications. I watched the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma, Texas, and then I watched a little bit of Alabama, Texas A&M, and then I watched the first half of Florida LSU, and I only watched the first half because then I went to go see Joker. So. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I'd recommend it. Um, but anyway, Roland, why don't you talk about Georgia? They lost to unranked South Carolina, dropped from three to ten. Um. Yeah. So this is a big storyline because um, with Florida losing to LSU uh, and their ranked below Georgia, I think, right now, in the AP poll. I actually think Florida is 9 and Georgia's 10. Oh, are they? Yes. Yeah, that might be right. I was thinking 10 and 11, but I also just glanced at it while I was at the gym earlier. So, um, but, uh, so what's interesting about this is, uh, first off, don't want to... Uh, give South Carolina too much credit because Jake Fromm looked awful out there. Um, I don't understand why people are saying that he is one of the, I mean, he, some people are arguing that he is the best quarterback in college football right now. I don't see it. Um, Dang, what is going on? It's a game going. So they kept running it with, uh, I believe Nick Swift is the is their back. Um, and South Carolina was able to shut down the run game. It was a great uh, showing for South Carolina. They took it to overtime. Um, and uh, South Carolina won in the second overtime. Um, but, like I said, the I mean, South Carolina, first off, I realize they're unranked, but they are like a sneaky good team. Um, I forget the other opponent they played for the season. I'd have to look it up. Um, but they played them well. Um, like I said, they're a good team. Uh, and they got this win without their starting quarterback. Um, Helitsky, the uh, the true freshman who was a starter for South Carolina, got injured and taken out. Um, I think about halfway through the game or so. Um, but like I said, Georgia did not look good. Um, that being said, I don't think that Georgia is necessarily, this is very conditional on, I mean, they have to win. I don't think that they're out of the playoff yet, even though they're ranked 10th. Um, they have to win out, which includes a game against Florida. Um, so, I mean, that right there. I think is probably going to decide who the SEC East 
champion is. Yep. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, the rest of the SEC East is pretty weak um, with the likes of Kentucky and Tennessee and all them right now. Um, but then they're still going to play either LSU. I mean, uh, you know, so if they went out, they still play LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game. And the way that the way that the SEC teams are playing, I mean, LSU and Alabama both have to play each other this season. So one of them is going to come out with a loss. Um, and I think that's going to be the decider of the SEC West is. Um, so you could, I mean, you're going to have an SEC team with a loss uh, with almost a guaranteed national championship slot. Or not national championship, college football playoff slot. So, um, but what this does is it makes it so that you're not going to get two SEC teams now. That was something that we were wondering. Uh, could you see two SEC teams in this? Uh, it's definitely not going to happen now. Just going to be one. It's going to be whoever the champion is, unless they, for some reason, think that like LSU or Alabama, having been undefeated until losing to Georgia in their SEC championship game, Georgia or Florida or whoever, uh, in their SEC championship game, was a, you know, they're weird. They could say, yeah, it was a harder team. It was a easier, or you know, it was a better loss. Um, We'll put them in instead of the SEC champion, uh, which we've seen with the Big Ten championship before. Uh, Penn State, anybody? Yep. Uh, so, uh, don't, you know, a lot of Georgia fans are hanging their heads, calling it over, calling the season over. It's not over yet. You, you got to win out. You got to beat whoever the SEC West champ would be and I mean that's your that's your only ticket in so yeah so um my Skype just shut down on me while you were just ripping on Jake Fromm um so I I, I think this game kind of just showed his deficiencies and limitations as a passer and to go off that the limitations of Georgia's offense meaning that it's a lot of running obviously and a lot of non-downfield passing um but i i agree with you completely on georgia's path to the playoff it's not over but they do have to win out and by win out i mean you got to beat florida that's their biggest test in the sec east and then they have to beat either either alabama or lsu i think you're completely right there's only going to be one sec team this year depending on the rest of the country right so you mentioned lsu right LSU and Bama both play each other and Auburn. Auburn could maybe disrupt one team. Um, I mean, if Auburn wins out, they will have beaten both Alabama and LSU and only have one loss. And they could be in the SEC West, right? So, like, it's still wide open. So the SEC is going to have one team, and I think it's going to be the winner of the SEC championship. Theoretically, the way I see it, it's either going to be LSU or Alabama undefeated, or a one loss, either Florida, Georgia, Bama, LSU, Auburn. And I think it's too early to tell, although my pick would be LSU at this point. 
And then the rest of the nation. So, Zay, after, I want to hear your top four. But my top four right now is... Um, I'm going to say LSU. And this is in no order. LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And I think those are all really good teams. And I think any matchup between the four would be really good. Um, you said, okay, LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so the only, my only, I'm, the, my only disagreement is, uh, I think Alabama beats LSU. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a good game. Yeah, so I'm going to say Alabama, the same three. I mean, Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts just looked great. Um, and then Ohio State, obviously, Clemson. Yeah, so I'm going to go Alabama instead of LSU. Okay. Yep. I, I don't disagree with either of yours. I could see Alabama or LSU. I just don't think Jake Fromm's good enough. Um, <laughs> someone's going to take him in the first or second round, and I honestly think he's going to be a bust. I mean, you know, uh, if if they're expecting him to start his first season, I think he's going to be a bust. I think the only way he would succeed in the NFL is if he played, if he like succeeded like a Matt Ryan or a Drew Brees. I don't think he would do well in like a New England. I'm thinking about teams like that need a successor. I don't think he'd do well in a New England or a Pittsburgh because I don't think he has the arm to deal with the weather. Um, maybe he could go to the Chargers, but other than that, I think it's kind of like backup for Jake Fromm. Yeah. Just just because just of arm talent. I th- he's a winner, a good leader, um, and that can get you very far in college football, as we've seen, but the NFL is a whole different animal. Yep. And, yeah, so that was top four. Um, let me look, pull up the top 10 real quick, but it's dominated. Half of the top 10 is SEC teams. There's, I think, three Big Ten teams. All right, here's what we got. Alabama, LSU at two. Uh, they were five, and they jumped over Clemson. They jumped over Ohio State. So it goes Bama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Penn State, Notre Dame, Florida, Georgia, and then right below Georgia is Auburn. My thoughts, one and two, nailed it. Three, I I think Ohio State and Oklahoma should be above Clemson. I really don't think Clemson has looked great this season, and if it weren't for the preseason poll of putting them at number one, I don't think they'd be at number three. Um, I haven't watched any Wisconsin, but I've heard... They have good defense. They have a great defense and a Heisman candidate at running back. Penn State playing. Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated. They oh, have. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. They haven't had anything spectacular on their schedule. And they have to play Wisconsin and Michigan. Do they play Ohio State? Probably. Either way, one of Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, they're going to come out of the Big Ten. I, I'm betting on Ohio State. Notre Dame, I think, is very overrated. Yep. And then I'm I'm a big believer in Florida, but I don't think... I think they can beat South Carolina and Georgia and win the SEC East, but 
I don't think they can compete with Bama, and we just saw them lose to LSU at LSU, so maybe they have a chance, but it's uh, it's unlikely, and that's coming from me, a Florida fan. So the uh, we got some good college football games coming in, and you should definitely tune in to see what happens. Let me pull up the schedule, and then we can move on to the NFL. Big games this weekend. Florida, South Carolina. And LSU plays Mississippi State should be no problem. Oregon, Washington might be good. Georgia plays Kentucky. Bama plays Tennessee. Yeah, I, I guess the big game would be Penn State, Michigan. Yeah. Um, but other than that, just rivalry games, divisional games, nothing special. All right, let's move to the NFL. So, before we get to week six, we had two, three trades today, two of them big. The the biggest, the Jaguars traded Jalen Ramsey to the LA Rams for two ones and a four. I want to know what you guys think about this trade, because we texted about it very briefly. Zay, start us off. I don't think I know what you think of this trade. Uh, yeah, I... I think it was a bad trade by L.A. Um, I just think two first is too much. Uh, I mean, he's a good cornerback, but where L.A. is at right now, I don't think it's worth it. Um, So I think the Jaguars definitely won that trade, in my opinion. I don't... I would love to. I would love to know what the GM was thinking on this one. So, yeah, definitely, definitely think the Jaguars won this one. I don't see how they wouldn't trade that. Like if if I got offered that, like I would take that in a second. Yeah. I wouldn't even thought about it. Um. So yeah, definitely Jaguars won that. What about you, Roland? Uh, I mean. You saw you you texted and said that Jalen Ramsey got traded. A couple minutes later, I got the notification, and I just I mean, I about lost it in the gym. I it's such a bad trade. They gave up so much, and they're probably um, gonna have to pay him too. Yeah, <laughs> it just uh, I like you said. I don't know. Well, but I mean, obviously, he's. You know, one of the best corners in the league. But, like, do you need a cornerback that bad that you're going to give up two first-round picks and a fourth round? Not even the first, like, if anything, first two first rounds should have been enough. But the fact that you also threw in a fourth-round pick, it's just, I mean, plus the Jags, I mean, they haven't, they haven't won every game. I think they're two and two and three, two and four, uh, three and three, something like that. But they've been in every single game that they. I mean, they're on the right track, and this just. I mean, this just lets them add on to this team that's like kind of in limbo. Should we, you know, focus on rebuilding? Should we? Uh, you know, go for a title right now. 
I mean, it just it, it makes their rebuild so much easier. Yeah, I don't know. It's, the Rams haven't looked that great this season either. So, like, you would think that they would probably try and fix some of that stuff with the draft, but apparently they think Jalen Ramsey is. <laughs> yeah. So. The, just things in sliced bread. So, like you guys have said, I'm I'm totally with you. I think this was a really bad trade for the Rams. Zay, you nailed it. If I'm the Jaguars, if I get two ones and a four, yeah, take that. Because I mean, the next two years, the Jaguars now have two first round picks. They could trade up for any. They could trade up very easily, and it's not like they're in dire need of a quarterback anymore. So the Jaguars could be just accumulating talent. As for the Rams, Todd Gurley is already out, right? Or was that this past week? That was this past week. I don't know okay. his status this week. Regardless, Todd Gurley's not the same. He's not the same running back you paid that huge contract to. And you got Jared Goff on a huge contract. And with all that, your offensive line is struggling. You're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. You're... I don't know how they're going to be able to fortify a new offensive line because Jared Goff is making $36 million. You got Aaron Donald, you got Todd Gurley, and now Jalen Ramsey. Who are you going to sign? And you can't draft a top tackle or offensive lineman because you just traded away those picks. I do not get this trade for the Rams. I, f- I know they f- maybe they felt like they had to make a move um, with the... Seahawks and the Niners a combined 11 and 1 in their division. I just don't like it. And there's this tweet by Albert Breer. The from 2017 through 2021, the Rams will not have a first round pick unless they trade because excuse me, of in 2017 they traded their one to get Jared Goff. In 2018 they traded to New England to get Brandon Cooks. In 2019 it went to Atlanta in a trade down. I don't remember that trade. And then um, the next two years is they're in Jacksonville. I, I don't get how they're going to rebuild. I think the Rams, it, it has to be like a Super Bowl or bust type move this season. Yeah. But I just, I don't get it. I do not get it. And it's not like the Rams, or I'm sorry, it's not like the Seahawks or the Niners have this dominant wide receiver that Jalen Ramsey can shut down. If you've watched either team play, they kind of spread the ball around everywhere. So Jalen Ramsey, great player, but I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I thought it was. A, I think it's a really bad move um, for the Rams, but a A plus for the Jags. Uh, for those of you wondering. The Rams traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens for a fifth and some linebacker. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it for the Ravens, though. I think they get a flyer, a one-year rental with the, for another defensive back. Um, talented, boomer bust, but if all you're giving up is a five and a... Uh, backup linebacker, that's a good trade, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think Peters is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's, he struggled in his in his NFL career a little bit. 
But, I mean, yeah, why not take the chance? You're not giving up too much. So, um, I mean, he's, he's talented, like you said. So maybe he can make something happen with Baltimore. Yeah. And there was one more t- big trade today. The Cleveland Browns traded away their starter at center. I think he was their starter. Um, Austin Corbett to the... Sorry, I'm just trying to pull it up. They traded him to, I want to say the Rams. Let me see, let me see. Load faster. The Rams made three trades today? Maybe. Oh, just so just so you guys know, the Rams have Goff for 110 million guaranteed, Gurley for 45 guaranteed, Donald for 87 million guaranteed, and then whoever, however much they pay, Jalen Ramsey. Where is this? Come on. I mean, like you've said before, the cap's probably gonna go up, but still. Yeah, it's a lot. So um, still a lot. As I look for this, uh, it was Gronk basically said he's not coming back. There's a lot of speculation about <laughs> him coming back. He said he basically said I retired for a reason, so I'm not coming back, which is very fair. All right, here it is. Yes, the Browns traded Austin Corbett to the Rams for an undisclosed 2021. Um, and so... Uh, I think they're first. No, it's not their first. It's interesting because this guy was a second-round pick. But, okay, so he wasn't a starter. But if I'm the Browns, your offensive line is not good. Like, that's why you're struggling. And to trade a depth player... I guess if he's not playing, I kind of get it, but who knows? Maybe you might need him. I don't know. When I first saw the trade come across, I was just like, really? The Browns are trading away an offensive lineman? Who knows? They're on a bye week. Maybe they know what they're doing, but I don't know. They they have a bye week, and then they play the Patriots. I could see the Browns going 2-5. and five. Very, very easily. All right, let's look back at week six. Started with Patriots beating the Giants on Thursday night football. Big takeaway for me, the Patriots defense not only shuts people down, and their special teams not only shuts them down, but they're scoring touchdowns. And that's hard to beat. If you're scoring touchdowns outside of the offense, that's really tough to beat. Roland, what do you got? I just wanted to say, um, I will give you... Anybody you want for that Pat's defense. <laughs> I had him selected on the waiver, like midway through that Miami game. I was like, "Good God!" And they have—they're like the highest scoring player on your team every week. I know they're—they're they're scoring me at least like twenty-five, and I'm just like, "Man, I don't know if I should even trade them away because they're just like helping me win." I'll look—I'll yeah. look at your roster roll, and I—I don't mind. I, I might give them to you. We'll see. I mean, not that I'm not doing okay with the Minnesota defense, but... Yeah, oh, <laughs> just, I know. Every week I'm like, there's another 20 points. Yeah, plus um, plus it's your team, so I totally get it. Yeah. It ain't that big of a deal. But, um... The other... A lot of people... A lot of Patri- Patriot pages I follow were memeing uh, Tom Brady's age. 
and the fact that the defense was carrying them. Uh, I will agree that Tom Brady and the offense uh, have not been clicking the past couple weeks, but if you if you really watched um, that game against the Giants and you really watched uh, the early game against the Redskins, um, you would see that the biggest flaw is is their offensive line. Uh, this was a Patriots team that was giving Brady like hours in the pocket in the post last year. Um, I mean, nobody could get to him. He'd have easily like three seconds in the pocket, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in football terms, it's it's so long to sit there and stare down a receiver and then you know complete a pass uh, or to even get the ball out of your hand. It's it's a long time, um, and they. Patriots don't have a bye week coming up uh, soon, but you know, like you said, they've got the Jets this week. They've got um, the Cleveland Browns next week. Like Redskins, Giants, Jets, Browns. Like these are the are the games that you need to, you know, not necessarily worry about putting the points up, but really make sure that you're you get your offensive line clicking, you get your your offense back on schedule. Uh, and get ready for the tough games because you got the Chiefs coming up. You got the Cowboys, who don't look like a heavy hitter as much now, but you know they're still a talented team uh, who's bound to come into some wins. Um, so, and that's all I want to say about that is the offensive line <laughs> has given Brady very little to work with. Um, I will agree, though, and what we have seen of Brady and the rest of the offense, it hasn't looked stellar, but I think the offensive line, fixing that will will remedy a lot of the issues that you're seeing. So Yeah. Um, say, did you have anything in particular, maybe a specific game you want to talk about? Um, I didn't pay much attention to the NFL this week because... The Bills weren't playing. Um, the only game I really watched was the Green Bay-Detroit game, which I will get to after everything because that was the Monday night game. But, Zay, did you have anything, a game you watched, some specific thoughts you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, the only game I watched was the Steelers game Sunday night. Um, I mean, we won. Our defense looked good. Uh, Devin Bush had a fumble recovery and interception. So that first round, moving up in the first round, I think actually, uh, at least so far, was the right decision to get Devin Bush. So Devin Bush had a big game. Our defense stepped up. They 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 shut down Philip Rivers for the most part. Uh, and Devlin Hodges, our third string quarterback, uh, did pretty well. Um, I mean he he. Ran the clock. He moved the ball pretty well. Um, so I mean, overall, Steelers fans were pretty happy with you know beating the Chargers. That was a big win uh, because they're one of the few teams that you know had a lot of talent on their team um, that you know could be a potential threat to them. So that was a big win. Um, but yeah, just defense looked good, and that's I think the that was the most important thing for the Steelers. 
What about you, Roland? Any other specific games other than Monday night? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as you. Pat's played on Thursday. I was on the road and and at my grandparents' house on Sunday, so I didn't watch a whole lot. Um, it's a, uh, except for you know the end of the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's up with the Cowboys. Yeah. So before we get to Monday night, I will say. The biggest take, the biggest thing that I took away, biggest things I've taken away, uh, one I kind of touched on it. The Browns are a little bit of a mess to go up twenty to six and then lose to Seattle. Um, they just need to. I don't know if it's Freddie Kitchens. I don't know if it's Baker, or the O line, or combination of everything. To go two and five, not a good look. Even though they're coming up on a soft part of their schedule, just. Does it doesn't feel right? <clears throat> Mahomes and the Chiefs lost to the Texans at home. I'm not worried about them yet. It was a tough team. Um, their defense is not good, but they are not the powerhouse that they looked like a couple weeks ago. But it's still a long season. They can make adjustments. They can get offensive linemen back and get healthy. Um, what else? The Redskins almost lost against the Dolphins. That was an ugly game. <laughs> I, forgot, I saw that too. The, the Eagles secondary, secondary is bad. Very bad. When Kirk Cousins goes off on you guys, you know it's an issue. I was hoping they would get Jalen Ramsey, but obviously they didn't. I think if they got a Jalen Ramsey or maybe if they get a Chris Harris from Denver or some other veteran... Just they just need their corners to either get healthy or to get just better corners. The Falcons are a mess losing to the Cardinals. Even if it's by one point, it should not have come down to an extra point to tie it to overtime. Not good. I think it's time to take the 49ers seriously as they are still undefeated. Just beating the Rams. Not just beating them. They really held them into check. Their defense played really well and just shut down the Rams. Um, and then before we get to Monday night, I'll let you guys start, but Sam Darnold coming back to Dallas and burning the Cowboys, uh, you, you have to wonder how good Dallas really is because they beat up on the bad teams, but they lose to maybe some teams they shouldn't. So who knows, but let's just talk about Monday night football. The topic everyone's talking about the refs. What do you guys, what do you guys think about the refs? Now, I'm just going to put it out. I only watched the first half. Okay. Uh, but, uh, so I didn't see the end and all those those calls, but um, the beginning of the game, Matthew Stafford looked good. He was, he was firing on all cylinders. He looked really good. So um, that was just the first half I saw. But he, he looked dangerous against the Packers defense. So, I'm not sure what happened in the second half, but I was very impressed with him. And the Packers' offense didn't look great in the first half. So um, they got lucky on a, a bad um, a penalty that put the Packers' offense back on the field for them, the Packers to score in the first half. But, um, yeah, there was just some observations from me for that game. But, yeah, I, I missed the end, so... Yeah, I'd probably let you guys talk about those. I just, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about it because it is everywhere. 
when the yeah. refs are controlling, like really affecting the outcomes of games, it's really bad. And for I know it's it's easy to see things in slow motion, and in real times it's hard to see, but I feel like if you're gonna make PI reviewable, you should make everything reviewable almost. I know I, I don't like replays and slowing the game down, but I would rather get the call right than, you know, because Detroit should have won this game, right? I, th- I think they should have won this game. Absolutely. And that call ruined it. What if it was a playoff game or what if, what, like, what if something like this happens in the Super Bowl? It might. The way things are going, it might. The refs might control outcomes of games, and that's pretty unfortunate. And a lot of people see like, oh, well, they ruined the NFC Championship game last year. I consider that different because they missed the flag. They missed the call, right, on that P.I. Saints kick a field goal. But then the defense couldn't stop the Rams from kicking a field goal. The offense couldn't score again in overtime on offense. And then the defense couldn't stop them again. So there was, yes, maybe they would have won the game prior to overtime. But they still had a chance to win it regardless of that call. Whereas in this game, the Lions really had no other shot. Yeah. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Um, Especially, like, when you look at the two plays that it took away. It took away um, a longer field goal with... uh, So for the last play that the... The face mask was called, illegal hands to the face was called. Uh, it took away a longer field goal with a minute and a half still on the clock. Um, you know, the, it, it put him into, I think it was uh, fourth, yeah, it was fourth down with a minute, minute and a half left on the clock. There was no way that they would have, I mean, Detroit would have gotten the ball back either down two points or uh, up one point, either way. Um, on that second call. Uh, so that was, I mean, it, and there was a timeout anyway. Like, why can't you just look at that and say, yeah, sorry, we made a bad call. It's fourth down. Yeah. Um, like, I don't understand. And the the why. NFL admitted it today. They said, yeah, that was a bad call. Yeah. So... Um, and then the other one, which was before that, I think it got, it got rid of a, like a sack or or a turn, it got rid of a turnover. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not like Trey Flowers has just up and changed his, his playing style. Like, this is how he's always played. And I mean, you know, obviously I, I see it a little bit more since he's a former Pat. Um, and I might be a little biased. (laughs) <laughs> towards him um but again i mean he's grabbing shoulder pad there's if anything on that second call you see the 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 offensive lineman put his hand in trey flowers face mask trying to push him away so like if anything it should be a face mask on the offense yeah it's just i mean i i don't know i don't i don't know when they're going to figure this out, um, why it's so hard to figure out, you know, to just sit down and figure out how to make calls, how to make the right calls and not slow down the game. Um, 
but yeah. Re- regardless, it's just it should Maybe be the reviewable. Refs need to not be on the field and just watch it on TV like everyone else, <laughs> because we all see it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just a mess, you know. I don't know the solution, but the the biggest thing, and when it will really start becoming an issue, is when like more and more money gets involved. Because now that betting's legal, so like the people, I'm sure people lost a lot of money for those who like bet on the Lions um, to win. But I I don't know, like what if it'll become a change if. Refs need to be full-time, but regardless, and it's not just this game. There have been so many games, so many calls this season where the refs are just so wrong and aren't, like on PI calls, there's a lot of debate there whether, you know, it should change or not. It has not changed in 25 challenges except for one time. So just a lot of, a lot of inconsistencies with refing and, it's causing a lot of issues. So it's definitely a story to keep a track on. Looking ahead to week seven, it starts on Thursday night with the Chiefs at Denver. I would say if the Chiefs don't win this game or look well in this game, they're in, I think they're in trouble. And injuries are part of the game. It happens. Um, other big games, divisional matchup, Houston at the Colts. And then another big game, the Saints at the Bears, Ravens at Seattle, and then NFC's division lead on the, excuse me, on the line with the Eagles at the Cowboys. So some good games on. And then Monday night is Patriots at Jets. I don't think that's anything special, but who knows? With Sam Darnold back, it might be a good game. Yeah. Um, so um, my sports oh. moment of the week, and I think this would might be John's. I'm just going to throw mine out there. Was the guy running the marathon in under two hours? I know it's not like a world record because of the shoes and the track and he had all those pacers. Still, he ran 26.2 miles in under two hours. Incredible. That's all I have to say. Uh, So my, my sports moment of the week actually happened tonight. Um, John and I have been well, mentioning this in the group chat, but the U.S. lost to Canada 2-0 tonight. U.S. men's national team lost to Canada 2-0. Um, as a U.S. soccer fan, this is awful. Um, I thought we were taking tiny baby steps forward, but I think Burkhalter just took 10 steps back. Uh, the performance was awful uh i thought he made awful substitutions at the last 20 minutes so it was it was just an awful scene for u.s soccer um so there's a lot of questions ahead for burhalter in the u.s soccer program so uh i think i don't know we might do this but john and i might make there's a lot to talk about the u.s soccer so we might do a separate pod on 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 this because it's a big issue right now. Sounds good. Roland, give us your final thoughts. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely um excited for that pod. 
when it comes. Um, my sports moment of the week um, is kind of similar uh, to John and Michael's. Well, we're assuming that it's John's. Yeah. Um, but in a little bit different, uh, it's still an endurance sport. Uh, Ironman World Championship, also known as Ironman Kona, was this past weekend. And it was, uh, I think it's, it's the first time in a while that I've been able to actually watch the live stream of it. Um, but it was an awesome race to watch. Uh, really good conditions in Hawaii. Um, which, you know, sounds like, duh, it's Hawaii, but like, I mean, it, it gets windy out there where they're racing and everything. So, um, yeah, uh, the two champs, um, for the women's side was Anne Hogg, Hauk. she's a German, uh, German triathlete, um, and she finished in 839. 4010, I believe, um, which was, I mean, it's really good. She absolutely crushed the marathon. Um, she was actually in second place. Uh, she ran a 251 marathon. So, like, if you think that, like, and, you know, obviously, um, you know, breaking the two-hour mark in the marathon is, is crazy. The fact that these athletes uh, run as fast of a marathon as they do after biking 100, uh, 112 miles and swimming 2.4 miles is insane. Um, and the the men's side uh, is definitely was definitely the highlight of the the race. Um, Jan Fredino, another German athlete. Um, was absolutely dumb. Um, from coming out of the swim all the way through the marathon, um, no one, the next closest person was uh, finished six minutes behind him. Um, and, or uh, like seven or eight actually uh, minutes behind him. Um, he broke the previous course record for that. Uh, um, it was 752.39, and he set it with um, 751.13 uh, was his time. Oh, wow. So, uh, beat it by over a minute, um, which was crazy. Um, absolutely dominant. He gained six minutes on his on the second place opponent throughout the course of the marathon. Um, so, oh, and Anne Howe, when she won, she overcame an eight minute deficit in the marathon. Oh well, to win it. So, um, really, really crazy stuff. Um, second place, if anybody was wondering for the men's, is. Um, was Tim O'Donnell. He's an American. Um, and this was his first time going under eight hours. Um, so 
that was pretty cool. He set a personal best. Um, and we also had an American coming forth, so things are looking pretty good for the Americans in not soccer, but in uh, <laughs> the Ironman endurance sports. Nice. All right, so a lot of different stuff. Uh, like I said in the opening, we have a lot of sports going on right now and in the next week or so, so definitely keep an eye out for whatever you're interested in. Uh, and we will be back next week, as usual, breaking down the NFL, breaking down college football, baseball, World Series might be going on by then. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date on any trades. The NFL trade deadline is coming up. Um, you know, maybe AJ Green gets moved, Stefan Diggs, who knows. So anything that happens, we'll catch up on our next pod. But other than that, thanks for listening. Share listen some more you know spread the word we really appreciate it and we will see you guys next week